Hello, everybody. Welcome to What's Your Fantasy, Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Steven, here with another co-host, Scott. And as you may have guessed, MJ is sadly again without us today. He is still traveling abroad, visiting family, wishing him all the best and safest travels. And can't wait for him to get home. Guys, this is, of course, Thanksgiving week, and you know I love a good theme, and so sticking to that, we are going to do a Thanksgiving food draft to start off our introduction today. Uh, We're going to do a snake draft just between Scott and I, four rounds, so me, Scott, Scott, me, me, etc., and before the show started, we did rock, paper, scissors to determine who would have the first pick in the draft, and I won that with rock over scissors and so i will take the first pick in the draft and we will go ahead and get that going so of course with the 101 i you know not really a hard decision for me taking macaroni and cheese high ceiling low floor it can be bad but more often than not it's going to be good it's going to be the best dish on the table so easy pick for me with the 101 mac and cheese man he stole my pick of course, I was going mac and cheese, number one, but that's all right. I'll settle for a close second. That's going to be the dinner roll. Specifically for our family, that is a crescent roll. It's what we like to, to eat. Um, so that'll be my second pick. And my third pick, I'm going to go ahead and skip straight to dessert. Some apple pie, baby. Got to have some apple pie on Thanksgiving. That makes my next couple of decisions more difficult. I think I'm going to take pecan pie with my second pick. Also skipping to dessert. Love, love me some pecan pie. Obviously not no apple pie, but it's up there. And with my third pick, I'm going to also go with a bread and I'm going to take cornbread. So really carb loading here with my first three picks. Wow. Uh, I think Steve made it a little bit easy for me there. Um, I think obviously with my apple pie, I got to go with some vanilla ice cream for my sixth pick because how could you have one without the other? So uh, I wrapped up my desserts there. All right, let's 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 get a little bit healthier here with my next pick. Um, this is a tough one, but I think I've got to go with the stuffing. Love me some stuffing here for number seven. And I'm going to round out my dominant team with some homemade mashed potatoes. When you make these guys from scratch, it's hard not to just dive in and eat a whole bowl fill. Um, So easy, easy roundup. So that leaves me with mac and cheese, pecan pie. What's my third pick? Yeah, cornbread Cornbread and mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes. Yep, and I was uh, dinner rolls, specifically crescent rolls, uh, apple pie, vanilla ice cream, and stuffing. It's funny, neither one of us picked turkey. Uh, I, so when it comes to, you know, just meat in general, turkey is not one of my favorites. Um, last year, I got to try a smoked turkey for the first time. It's probably the best Thanksgiving turkey I've ever had. Uh, but to me, it's it's normally just pretty dry, and I'd rather have ham. In fact, this year, the wife and I are doing our own Thanksgiving, and, and I'm making a ham instead of a turkey. Yeah, I, I mean, the meat is definitely not the star of the show for Thanksgiving. And uh, and yeah, I think that uh, that was a good draft. You know, honestly, I think with having mac and cheese on my team, there's not really any competition at all. So um, 
happy to steal that one away. But uh, but yeah, let's move into our weekly recap for the week. All right, guys. So I picked three games from this past week uh, to just dive into a little deeper. First one, of course, I got to talk about my Cowboys here. What a game. Cowboys versus Vikings. Uh, final score was 40 to three. Just an absolute uh, complete and total domination by the Cowboys over the Vikings. Going into the game, it was uh, uh, six and three versus eight and one. Those were the team's records. Obviously, now the Cowboys are seven and three, and the Vikings are eight and two. Um, and the thing was, this was a road game for the Cowboys. The Vikings were at home, yet the Cowboys were still favored by one and a half. And uh, many, myself included, thought, you know, maybe this was a little disrespectful to the Vikings, uh, who had just beaten the Bills on the road in week 10 and maybe a little generous to my Cowboys who had just lost the Packers uh, who were three and six at the time. Uh, but apparently the odds makers were way off in the wrong direction. They, they should have favored the Cowboys by a lot more, um, but just what a game. So much fun to watch as a fan. Uh, and Tony Pollard was the star of the game. He had 15 attempts for 80 yards, six targets, six receptions for 109 yards and two receiving touchdowns for 39, 33.9 fantasy points. And the thing was, Zeke was in this game too. He was playing as well. And and Zeke put up 17.2 fantasy points. So I just thought it was crazy that the two Cowboys running backs combined for 50 fantasy points. Uh, what a game for the Cowboys. Steven? Yeah, I think the, the big takeaway is, is Tony Pollard, you know, laying his stake as a definitely a established part of this offense. It took... 11 weeks, but I think what you and MJ predicted as far as Pollard acting as a receiver has finally come to fruition. And, uh, and yeah, even, even if Zeke ends up taking the majority of carries down the stretch, I think Pollard's still going to have a role as a pass catching back. And um, at worst, I think he'll be a flex play down the stretch. So definitely excited for him and, and glad that he's, he's able to, like I said, be a part of that offense on a recurring basis for the Vikings. They just looked bad all around. I think Dalvin Cook is the only one with any kind of fantasy relevance in this game. But, uh, of course, as they always do, they will bounce back. And uh, hopefully Kirk Cousins can uh, can get it together. And um, we won't see primetime Kirk Cousins. Awesome points there, Steve. Awesome points. And, and yeah, I think... For anybody that watches this game, it's the eye test. Tony Pollard just looks amazing anytime he gets the ball. Um, it's it's just fun to watch. And and you know, yeah, MJ and I were talking about this at the beginning of the year. Um, I still think that the Cowboys should be rolling with Tony Pollard, but um Jerry Jones just loves him some Zeke, and Zeke is a great back. Just uh Pollard just passes the eye test. That's plain and simple. Moving on to our next game. Uh this one was a close one, and it probably shouldn't have been. This was the Eagles versus the Colts. And the final score in this one was Eagles 17, Colts 16. And don't get me wrong, a win is a win. But this was an ugly win on the road for the Eagles. Uh, and this is coming right after a really, really ugly home loss to the Commanders. The Eagles didn't even score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. Uh, hats off to Jalen Hurts, though. He, he made a comeback. Uh, it, was a, it was a good win, a good comeback win for him. Uh, nice put on his resume there. Uh, I would say a good stat for the Colts. Um, in general, they've looked good since Jeff Saturday has taken over. More importantly for fantasy, Jonathan Taylor has found the end zone in both games coached by Jeff Saturday so far. So 
you know, as I mentioned before, as a Jonathan Taylor owner, poor coaching decisions, poor offensive play, uh, am amongst other things, including his ankle injury, you know, reasons why Jonathan Taylor hasn't been so great this year. But it sounds like the coaching decisions have at least gone away. They're making good ones now because Taylor's found the end zone twice. Steven? Yep, agreed that it's good to see Jonathan Taylor back in action, back to form, and I think I'm comfortable starting him for the rest of the season. You know, I think regardless, I'd be putting him in my lineup, but he uh, he's obviously established, reestablished himself as the king of this offense. So excited to see what will come there um, for the Eagles. You know, they just continue to they're they're everyone on this team is a dog, so you know, they're always going to put in the work and Jalen Hurst is going to give you that solid floor floor with rushing. Miles Sanders, not a great game, but he still dominated the touches. So I'm still okay with having him in my lineup. And then of course we got AJ Brown and Devontae Smith who are going to, you know, always provide the, at least that reception floor. So all around good team and uh, I'll ride them into the playoffs for sure. Yeah. Awesome points. Uh, Eagles, you're right. Still great. Uh, awesome fantasy players. Third game of the week. Uh, we're going to talk about the Bears versus the Falcons. Final score, 24 Bears, 27 Falcons. Uh, I picked this one specifically because it's MJ's team versus Steven's team. Steven getting the win there with his Falcons. Uh, Justin Fields. Wow. He, he kind of came out of nowhere uh, middle of the season, and he has just been on fire. This was his fifth. 20-plus fantasy point performance in a row. Uh, he got 23.62 fantasy points. Uh, of that 23.62, he had 18 rushing attempts for 80. A lot of those points uh, with his legs, which, as we know, with like Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, those quarterbacks that can rush for you and get you points on the ground just make a huge difference in fantasy. So I think Justin Fields is going to be good assuming he can stay healthy the rest of this year and just moving forward in fantasy for a long time. Um, I, I will note, speaking of staying healthy, that he did get injured. Uh, and it was uh, in the fourth quarter to his left non-throwing shoulder. And they're currently saying he's day-to-day. -day. So if you picked up Justin Fields and you're playing him, just something to monitor before his game coming up this weekend. Um, he, he might not be available. Uh, so keep an eye on that. Um, Quick little note here for the Falcons. Cordero Patterson had his ninth kick return for a touchdown of his career. Uh, it was a 103-yarder, and, and man, he just he looked like his youthful self, just blowing through uh, the special teams of the Bears. Um, it was fun to watch. A good highlight, Stephen. Yeah, first I don't want to discredit MJ's fandom, so I'll just say that MJ is a much bigger fan of the Bears than I am of the Falcons. I am supporting local more than anything. So again. Just want to to give MJ a shout out there that I'm not trying to to be on his level as far as a fandom goes. Um, with that, you know the Falcons are not always an easy team to watch, but man, they do not give up, and it's really just great to see that this team is almost at the 500 mark unexpectedly. Um, the backfield is still kind of murky. I think Cordell Patterson is the guy, but with that. Allergier did have more overall yards in this past game. I, I, I don't foresee that to be the norm going forward. 
I don't really feel comfortable starting anyone in that backfield apart from Patterson, but they just want to point out that it's still, like I said, there's still some, some, some gray area there. Um, as far as the receivers go, sad to see Kyle Pitts go down and go to IR for the season, or sorry, at least for the next however many weeks, but not really a guy that was providing enough value to start in your lineups anyway. So I don't think that this is a huge fantasy impact, but it's more so just sad that the Falcons haven't used him how they should. And, and now he's not even relevant um, on the field. So um, yeah, there's, there's not really many other guys that have taken over for the Falcons. Drake London is obviously the guy, but he had one reception for two yards last game. So Again, I think there's a lot of TBD on this team, but uh, like I said, overall, just great to see them. They can still pull out a win with that lack of production. Yeah, man. Kyle Pitts going down with an injury out for at least four weeks because they put him on IR. Um, I, I don't know. I, th- I think he might be the biggest bust of the 2022 fantasy season, uh, which is unfortunate because he's, he's such a young, talented guy. And, uh, we hope to see a rebound next year. Uh, I know MJ does as the dynasty owner. Real quick before we move into our next segment, uh, a little announcement here. It is Thanksgiving week, uh, as we kind of hinted at with our intro. Uh, so there are three games on Thursday, uh, which is tomorrow for us. Hopefully, by the time we get this out to you, uh, it'll be today. Uh, but the first game starts at 11.30 a.m. Central, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. So make sure you set your lineups. Three games, six teams playing tomorrow. Get your lineup set. All right, moving over to Steven now for Brotherly Love. Yeah, so we're going to chat about a couple of guys each that we love for the, specifically the fantasy playoff stretch and a couple that we hate for the fantasy playoff stretch. Definitely not on a personal basis, strictly fantasy speaking. Uh, but I'm going to start off with my love for the fantasy playoffs, and that is Amari Cooper. Some of you may think that this is a cop-out. Um, the only reason I thought of him in the first place is because I saw that he was ranked outside the top 20 this week, which I thought was kind of crazy. But again, after looking into his fantasy playoff matchups, um, he's playing Baltimore, New Orleans, and Washington. Um, that's the 7th, 15th, and 10th most most points given up to wide receivers respectively. Um, So again, not playing anyone that is tough against wide receivers. And furthermore, addressing the elephant in the room, Deshaun Watson is coming back in week 13. So we expect that he's going to be a large improvement over Jacoby Brissett. I will say that this guy hasn't played in almost two years and, um, Jacoby Brissett obviously has that chemistry with Amari Cooper at this point. So, you know, it's possible that it might take a couple of weeks for them to get back at it. But, but again, I think by the time the playoffs come around, Amari Cooper is going to be the guy and is going to hopefully bring you to that championship weekend. And for my hate, I'm going with Antonio Gibson, who has had a roller coaster of a year, started off with people not even wanting to draft this guy He took over the backfield with the sad incident with Brian Robinson. 
Um, even with Robinson coming back, Antonio Gibson has still had a really solid floor in that backfield. But looking at his matchups for the playoffs, he's playing the Giants, the 49ers, and the Browns in weeks 15 through 17. Giants, 15th most points to running backs. San Francisco, the 31st most points to running backs. And Cleveland, um, they do give up the second most. So it's it's more so those first two weeks with the Giants in San Francisco. Um with with the Giants, only four running backs have hit over 15 points for the entire year. And for San Francisco, one running back has gotten over 15 points um, this entire year. So, again, you do have that easy matchup in the championships. But, honestly, good luck if you're riding Gibson to the championship. Scott, who do you got? I'll start with my love. Uh, and uh, it pains me a little bit to say this because – uh, if you drafted this guy as early as you needed to to get him, he's probably hurt you this year. But if you held on, you still have him. Keenan Allen, uh, if you look at his playoff schedule, in week 15, they play Tennessee, who've given up the third most points to wide receivers. Uh, week 16, not the greatest matchup. They are playing Indianapolis, who uh, are 32 of 32 most points to wide receivers. Uh, in week 17, though, uh, the Rams, who are ninth most wide receivers, the thing is here with Allen is he seems to be healthy now and they're, and they're kind of slowly working him back into it. Um, another bonus is Mike Williams appears to have just gotten hurt and could miss a significant amount of time. So uh, Allen should be the guy. Um, more importantly, when I, when I pick my, my loves and hates for, um, for playoffs specifically, I'm looking at teams that are still fighting and are not going to bench bench players the Chargers should still be in the fight in weeks 15, 16, and 17, uh, if not playing for a playoff spot, playing for playoff seeding. So Keen Allen should be starting, um, will hopefully remain healthy, and uh, and should be a guy that, that you can plug and play during your fantasy playoffs. The guy that I hate, on the other hand, is on a team that is already out of it, um, and he is a young stud that I'm sure they're not going to want to get banged up and he could easily be uh, sitting just to be rested for the rest of the season sooner rather than later. And I'm talking about Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans. The Texans uh, are 1-8-1, and one, um, so they have no hope of making the playoffs at this point, uh, and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to keep uh, running their young running back. Um, they also have mediocre matchups during the playoffs in week 15. They play Kansas city who've given up the 11th most to running backs uh, in week 16, Tennessee who've given up the 29th most to running backs and in week 17, Jacksonville have given up the 14th most uh, in fantasy. Um, Damian Pierce did put up 18.8 against Jacksonville in week five. But like I said, I, I would be very surprised if Damian Pierce is playing in week 17 against Jacksonville. So He's been a stud this year in fantasy. You definitely want him in 2023 and uh, and, and dynasty moving forward, but I would be cautious uh, playing him in the fantasy playoffs. Love both of those picks. And with that, let's move over to on the clock. Um, again, with MJ out today, I'm going to give Scott a prompt. He's going to give me one and we will... Duke it out from there. Um, first, I'll go ahead and give Scott his prompt. So this is in relation to draft strategy, both looking back on this year 
and looking forward to next year. And I'm just going to give a few stats to kind of paint the picture. For quarterbacks, the difference between quarterback one and quarterback 10 on a per game basis is about 8.5 points a game. For wide receivers, between 1 and 10, it's about 4.9 points a game. Running backs, 1 and 10, it's about 4.2 points a game. Um, In tight ends, between 1 and 10, it's about 10.3 points a game. Um, So again, just breaking that down, the most points per game differentials, tight ends, followed by quarterbacks, followed by wide receivers, followed by running backs. Um, So Scott, your question is, looking back on your drafts for this year, would you change your draft strategy from a positional standpoint? And secondly, going into next year, how are you approaching the first round with these positional differences in mind? And go. Love that question, Stephen. Um, so we'll talk about our redraft league specifically where I drafted Justin Jefferson first uh, with the fifth pick overall. Um, I would not change that strategy uh, I was nervous about the running backs that were going around the same time. And I like Jefferson over Cooper cup. And so uh, I would not change that up. Um, as far as next year goes, I'm going to take the best guy off the board, uh, regardless of position. Um, I think where I drafted a quarterback this year in round seven is ideal. I got Jalen hurts. Um, so somewhere middle round is probably what I would shoot for again next year. Great. Yeah, I definitely think I might be going back to the best available versus going with a certain position strategy, which I took this year and it did not end well. Yep. Uh, It it really is a year by year thing and and you got to look at what's available uh, when it is your draft selection. All right, Stephen, for you, uh, the on the clock that I have, um, this applies to the team that you manage in both our dynasty league and our redraft league as both the redraft and dynasty league owner of Deandre Swift and Jamal Williams. Who do you feel most comfortable with starting for the rest of this season? That's question one. Would you start both? That's question two. And question three has Jamal Williams done enough to warrant a running back one spot somewhere next year. Ready? Go. Yeah, so definitely Jamal Williams is the choice for the rest of this year just because of that touchdown floor and because I still don't know how they're going to be using Swift for the rest of their year in this offense. Um, As far as who am I going to – if if I would play both of them, the answer is probably not on my own team unless it's a super easy matchup, which I don't think that they have necessarily a great one. And lastly, for next year, no, I, I, I don't think Williams has earned a, a one spot, but I think uh, I think he still could be a flex play, but I expect Swift to bounce back as well. Okay, cool. Uh, with that, we are going to move into our MFK for the week. And uh, we'll actually start with MJ's, who he just sent his in a little bit ago to me. Uh, so he picked a few 49ers. Uh, we actually haven't done this since the CMC trade. So we're talking CMC, Debo, and Ayuk. MFK. Steven, I'm going to let you go first because I'm still thinking about this one a little bit. So it was CMC, Debo, and Ayuk? Correct. 
I am going to marry CMC, field trades for Debo, and kill Ayuk. Um, again, similar to last week, I just I I continue to believe in McCaffrey. I think he's got the highest floor of these three guys. He can run, he can catch, and I think he's going to continue to be a pretty large focal point of this offense. I know Ayuk has really blown up recently, but I think Debo is still the number one wide receiver, unquestioned, and I think they will also occasionally still play him in the backfield, and so I think that he has a much higher upside, and so for that reason, building trades for Debo and killing Ayuk. Awesome. So uh, my answer is a little bit different from yours. I'm going to go ahead and give you mine first because MJ's is the most juiciest, but... Uh, I'm going to marry Debo, field trades for CMC, and kill Ayuk. Um, I agree that Debo is still uh, the top wide receiver in that team. Um, and he, last game, got a really huge uh, running play. Um, I'm still worried about uh, Eli Mitchell taking some touches away from CMC, specifically uh, to, the, to the running back position. Uh, Ayuk and seems to be a end zone target of Garoppolo's, but I, I agree. I I just have to kill him. The other two are much more talented players. Let me give you MJ's answer, because this is juicy. MJ would kill Debo, fill trades for CMC, and marry Ayuk. And here he said, CMC and Debo have the same role. It's become too crowded. Scott might have been right. But the design passes near the end zone while Debs and CMC have attention have proved to be positive for Ayuk. So maybe MJ's hottest take of the season. Again, he was right with the Philadelphia Eagles being the team in the NFC East and NFC. So I can't discount him there. But I I mean, I just don't see how uh, how Ayuk can be the guy over those other two. But I love I love the the love the pick. All right, Steven, I'll go ahead and give you my MFK. And uh, I went a little spicy this week, uh, kept with the Thanksgiving theme. And uh, I'm actually adding a fourth player, which I'm I'm calling invite to dinner. That's your fourth option is invite to dinner, invite to Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and it's because of the teams that these players play for. They're relevant to Thanksgiving. I picked, of course, two Cowboys and two Lions. Um, and also a point of order here which I know you're going to shoot down, but I think it's kind of funny. Since the trade deadline has passed in most leagues, should we be changing filled to uh, friends with benefits? With what's a fits? Benefits. Friends with benefits. So players that you would keep on your bench, you know, you wouldn't drop. You're not going to kill them. You like, you like them more than your kill player. But obviously you can't trade them anymore because the trade deadline's passed. So friends with benefits. I will allow that, even though All right. I slightly hate the pun. I, I know, right? I, I came up with that, and I was—I I thought you would be like, no, nah, right away. But anyways, my two Cowboys, my two Lions, MFK, invite to dinner. All right? These your four options. Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. MFK, invite to dinner. Sadly got to – well, not sadly because I think he'd be a fun guy to hang out with, but I'm going to invite DeAndre Swift to dinner. Just, again, the uncertainty with his role in that offense right now. I think they're slow playing him coming back, 
And with them not having really playoff contention, they may end up sitting him for the year at some point. So come on down, Swift. Let's have some mac and cheese. For the other three guys, going to ooh, kill Zeke. Um, now I'm almost questioning Zeke. Zeke probably would be a fun time at dinner as well. But I'm going to kill Zeke. I think that he is pretty much just the – between the tackles guy at this point, um, I think he'll be able to to score on the goal line. But apart from that, I think a lower ceiling than Pollard has. Um, I think I'm going to actually marry Pollard, um, which leaves friends with benefits for Jamal Williams. Um, definitely recency bias with Pollard. You know, Zeke did recently get back from an injury, so Pollard's been able to take off. But Again, with how they've used him over the past couple of weeks, I think he's got the running ability, the pass catching ability, and I think that he's probably got the highest floor of this entire group, um, which is why I'm going to marry Pollard. Love it, love it. Uh, so, man, I was so on the border between these two. Um, I, I'm marrying Pollard. 100%. I agree with you there. I'm marrying Pollard. Uh, I don't necessarily think he has the highest floor, but I think he could have the highest ceiling for sure. We saw it last week. Uh, it was amazing. Um, so yeah, I am marrying Pollard. I think I'm also going to friends with benefits with Jamal Williams. Um, although he was very close to being my invite to Thanksgiving dinner because I just think he's a stand-up guy and, and there'll be some funny conversations there. But I, I think I would have to uh, in, invite the other Cowboys to dinner. I, I would be afraid that he would eat it all because he's just constantly being asked to be fed. Um, so I hope he wouldn't eat all my Thanksgiving dinner food. But uh, yeah, I, I you know I'd have to have a cowboy over for for Thanksgiving dinner, and that leaves me with killing DeAndre Swift, man. Uh, so much uh, just hype going into the season. Um, I made a trade for him before the season started, got him 25 points week one, and it has just been uh, painful ever since. Um, you know, Jamal Williams has kind of been a, a really nice fill-in with all his end zone rushes and, and touchdowns that he's gotten, but um, painful season for DeAndre Swift and DeAndre Swift owners, and hopefully he can turn it around next year. All right, Stephen, what do you got? I'm also going to continue on the Thanksgiving theme with pears. We got mac and cheese. We got mashed potatoes and gravy. We got yams and marshmallows, I guess some people do. Um, but with that, I got three pairs of wide receiver duos, starting with Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and then Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. So we got our Buffalo wide receiver duo. Bucks and Bengals. Who you got? Uh, I think the Mary here is super easy, and that's got to be Chase and Higgins. Um, they're both stellar guys in their own rights. Uh, we've seen Higgins come on lately with Chase being on IR. Um, I think when Chase comes back, Higgins is going to take a step back, but they're both uh, stud wide receivers, um, easily top 15, uh, you know, regardless of year, uh, at least probably for the next five years. Um, yeah. Marrying those two, uh, it gets a little bit trickier here. Um, I think just how good Diggs is 
outweighs uh, maybe the better combo of Evans Godwin and just like how bad the Bucks have been this year in general. So I, I'm gonna uh, friends with bench of Fitz, uh, Diggs and Davis, um, and and that unfortunately means I have to kill Evans and Godwin. Steve, yeah, I'm gonna pretty much completely disagree here. Well, yeah, pretty much completely disagree. I am going for the highest floor of the group, and I think that that is Evans Godwin with little question. Both of these guys are highly targeted by Brady. And going back to your point, as far as teams fighting for the playoffs, the AFC, sorry, the NFC South is still pretty open, and I don't think the Bucks are going to be letting off the pedal anytime soon. So give me Evans and Godwin. Um, and I do have shares of both guys. So maybe a little bit biased there, but I've seen when they're healthy, the high floor that they both have. So I like those two a lot. Um, friends with Bennett, Betchafitz. I, I mean, yeah, I think I got to go Chase Higgins, who I know you married. Um, again, Chase coming back off the injury. But uh, I think when these guys also are in full health, they can be pretty dominant. Um, but again, I think that they have a lower floor than Evans and Godwin. Higher ceiling, but lower floor. So for that reason, friends with benefiting them. And then that crazily, crazily leaves me with killing Diggs and Davis. And of course, we know that this is driven solely by Gabe Davis. Stefan Diggs obviously has really solid ceiling. And Davis has a, sorry, Diggs has a solid floor. Davis has a high ceiling. But again, because of the bust potential for Davis, um, that's why I'm killing them. So with that, we are going to move it on over to Jukebox. Juke. And... Sticking with the Thanksgiving theme, I am going with a song that I had never listened to up until the day, and it's called Macy's Day Parade, and it is by Green Day. So big throwback shout out. Um, take a listen. It's a soft jam, but I enjoyed it. And the reason I chose this song is because of the lyrics, and I'm going to go ahead and, and read out the, the course to you. It goes, what's the consolation prize? economy-sized dreams of hope. You can give me something that I need with satisfaction guaranteed because I'm thinking about a brand new hope, the one I've never known and where it goes. So a couple of things that stick out there, consolation and give me something that I need, satisfaction guaranteed. So we're getting close to playoff time. A lot of us are facing that con consolation bracket. And so if you are sitting, someone sitting at the bottom of your league, headed for that consolation bracket, who is a dark horse candidate that you believe can keep you from getting last place and being stuck with that daunting last place punishment? Oh, man. Uh, I love everything about this jukebox, and, and the question is fantastic. Um I think a player that comes to mind um, and it's probably because he was dropped and you're able to pick him up uh, to help keep you from, from possibly getting last. Uh, I'm thinking Jeff Wilson jr. Uh, of the dolphins. I think the dolphins are going to be in the hunt till the end for uh, playoff seating. Cause I'm pretty sure they're going to make the playoffs. 
And Jeff Wilson Jr. just has seemed to be the guy on, on such a top offense. Um, I, I think the touches are going to be there every week. I think there's going to be a solid floor, and there's going to be a couple of weeks where he just booms for you as well. Um, his last two performances, 14.7, 21.3. Uh, and, and I think he's the guy over Mostert, um, you know, barring injury, I think he will keep you from getting last place if you were able to pick him up when he was dropped. Yeah, I mean, for sure, he's going to be the guy down the stretch. And I think Mostert is dealing with an injury, so even more reason to thrust him into your lineup and, and definitely think that he's going to provide a really solid floor going into the playoffs. I think for me, if I had to choose somewhat of a dark horse and i referenced him earlier not doing well but drank london especially with kyle pitts going down i mean this is all the falcons got apart from Coral patterson obviously not discrediting him because he is the uh pretty much the foundation of that offense but drake london is is the only other guy and so i think mariota is going to throw to him when he throws on that occasional basis so I'm really hoping that uh, that London can can provide some value going into this playoff stretch. So love it all around. Um, and let's move it on over to Fantasy Flash. Our recap from week 11, Thursday Night Football, we had the Titans versus Packers, and we did an over-under of two and a half rushing touchdowns. There was only one rushing touchdown. I was the only one to get that one right. On Sunday, we paired up a couple of tight ends with wide receivers, and we were talking about the Vikings versus Cowboys game. We had Hawkinson and JJ uh, with more targets than Schultz and CD. It was 14 to 10, 14 targets to 10 targets. Uh, our guest picker, Lance, was the only one to get that one right. And then for Monday Night Football, we had who would have more fantasy points, CMC or Hopkins? And man, was this close. If Hopkins would have just had one more reception, CMC beat Hopkins 14.1 to 13.6 in half-point PPR. Steven and MJ got that right. Therefore, everyone went one and two. And so our standings, uh, while we all go up in both the win and loss column, uh, they don't actually change. MJ is in first at 16, 13, and one. Steven and I are in second at 15, 14, and one. And our guests are now five, three, and one. For week 12, we had three Thursday games. So I picked the Bills versus Lions. And we're starting out here with a over-under. So over-under three and a half total rushing touchdowns. I will tell you, Stephen, that MJ said under. And I'm also going under. Think, think you guys got scared after the, the Packers situation last week. Um I will take the over on this one. Got to be different. And I, it seems like Jamal Williams is the only way the Lions can score. So, uh, yeah, I'll take the over. So you're expecting four rushing touchdowns. That's, I, I'm not going to lie. So MJ and I went back and forth. I was like, hey, just in case Steven also says under and I have to move the line to two and a half, what would you say? He said, I would still say under. I was like, I would still say under. So let's see how far it'll go. And, you didn't budge at all, so you actually, I think you actually gave us a, a point there. We were ready to knock it down to two and a half, but I think MJ and I will, will gladly take those odds. Uh, moving into Sunday night football, we have the Packers versus the Eagles. More combined fantasy points. 
Aaron Jones and Christian Watson or Miles Sanders and AJ Brown? MJ picks Sanders Brown. I think I'm going to go Jones and Watson on this one. Yeah, I'm going Jones Watson. I think uh, I think Jones over Sanders any day, and I think that Watson has such a high ceiling at this point. Obviously, Brown is AJ Brown, but but yeah, give me uh, give me Watson and Jones. I, I think the Packers will also be playing from behind, and there's more chances for Rodgers to be throwing it deep to Watson late, uh, getting some big points there. All right, Monday Night Football: Steelers versus Colts. More receptions, Najee Harris or Jonathan Taylor? MJ picked Najee. I'm picking JT. This is tough. I'll go with Najee as well. All right. We had pretty good split there. Uh, you differed on the first one. MJ differed on the second one, and I differed on the third. So very possible that we, we all still remain tied after this week as well. Uh, and and that does it. I think we got through that episode pretty quick with just the two of us. Nice and efficient, giving some people time back for their Thanksgiving holiday. Um, with it being Thanksgiving, just want to express our gratitude to all of you who continue to listen. Thanks again to MJ for kind of being the captain of the ship, steering us, helping edit, even while he's overseas. Um, and thanks for Scott to being a great co-host and giving me some grounds to get fiery and debate. Um, Scott, anything you want to add? Yeah, I'd like to say thanks to both you guys as well. MJ, I uh, hope you're enjoying your vacation. Can't wait to have you back next week. Uh, and Stephen, yeah, uh, for our listeners out there, they should see some of the phone calls and text messages we have in preparation for the podcast. If you think we get fiery on here, those can get pretty spicy. Uh, but I always appreciate the the back and forth with, with the little bro. Um, he always has such good insight and it's, it's fun when we, uh, we have differing opinions on things because then we can debate them here for you guys on the podcast. Um, and once again, we want to thank all of our listeners out there. We hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving uh, with your families and, um, to those that are uh, downrange serving overseas and can't be with their families, uh, we, we appreciate what you do, and uh, we hope you get home soon and safe. Yeah, thank you guys all so much for your service and for serving your country. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is What's Your Fantasy? Fantasy Football Podcast. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby.